0: Hello, everyone. You will be seeing this on November 11th, uh, Friday, and that, of course, is Veterans Day. Our offices here in Jefferson City are closed on Friday the 11th on Veterans Day, so I'm recording this on Thursday, but I am wearing my poppy. Uh, More about all of that in just a little bit. Uh, First, a couple of the substantive things that Uh, We wanted to cover that have been popped up this last week or two here at the office. The first one is kind of an unusual thing that uh, you may have seen something on this uh, from the National Field Directors Association, uh, perhaps. Um, The blurb didn't come out from them, but they were quoted talking about it. And it's a a very strange thing that's going on when people search for obituaries. Now, uh, the situation where this usually pops up is, Someone has heard that a friend of theirs from high school passed away, maybe in another town or another state or something. And so they do a Google search to try to uh, find out more information. And what they're greeted with at the very top of the Google search very often are YouTube channels, YouTube links. And if they click on that, what you find is just somebody there sitting in front of a camera, uh, maybe at a table or maybe in a chair and just reading obituaries or reading death notices and things like that out of a newspaper or perhaps off of a website or something. And that's all it is. Just somebody sitting there reading the death notice or the uh, obituary. And if you check into that channel, you'll see they do that thousands and thousands of times. They've got these people out there that all they do is sit there and read an obituary in front of a camera on YouTube. And the reason they do that is because it gets them clicks. It gets them views. And if they get enough views on these YouTube channels, they can become part of the YouTube program where they get paid for the people looking at it. They can run advertisements, scroll across the bottom. Uh, You might have to look at an advertisement before you see the video, so forth and so on. And so it doesn't matter if that particular video maybe only gets a half dozen or a dozen people looking at it, when they've got hundreds and, and thousands of these out there and they're all linked to the same account, the same channel, they, are, they get credited uh, for monetizing, uh, reading off people's obituaries. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing just about anybody can do about it, except that if your family's, uh, or people in, the, in your town uh, ask about because they saw something like this. Let them know it's not you. You had nothing to do with it. You know, sorry if it was not pleasant, distasteful, or uh, it wasn't well done or whatever it is. But it's just people that are doing that on YouTube to make money. And there's not a whole lot anybody can do about it. Uh, very often they're just reading things out of, uh, off of websites of newspapers, I know here in town, you can just get on the, uh, it's not, you don't even, doesn't even cost anything because I think that's free. You can get on and search all the obituaries. It's in the local paper and people sit there in front of a, a camera and read them off. So again, uh, I know the the NFDA had a comment on that, uh, but uh, again, uh, they had some attorneys looking into it, I guess. And there's, frankly, there's not much anybody can do about it. So the only thing is to be aware that that's going on. And they they, they understand how the algorithms on Google search works so that it very often is always near the top of the, uh, Google search thing. So they might think this is an official thing that came out of your website or your funeral home. Uh, but of course it wasn't. So, uh, again, that's just kind of an FYI. If you see that out there, uh, know that 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 is going on. The second interesting thing that we've gotten, a. uh, four calls on this last month. It appears that people are either redoing their embalming room, they're renovating it, or they're putting in a new one uh, at a location or something like that. And so we've had a lot of questions about the requirements for the embalming room. The most uh, common one is the floors, walls and ceilings. Interestingly enough, uh, the state regulation says that the floors, walls and ceilings must be in good repair and easily cleanable, of course, and that the walls and ceilings must be light-colored, and the walls must have washable surfaces. A couple things to break down there. There is no requirement that the floor be a light-colored surface. Now, you can see why that might make sense. Why you may want to have a light-colored floor, but it doesn't have to be light colors. The walls and ceilings must be light color. Now, the question you get there is, well, what is light colored enough? Beats me. I've always wondered how the inspectors figure that out. You know, do they come in with the Sherman Williams paint chart, you know, and say, oh, I'm sorry, your uh, your walls are seashore sunset and they must be mountain moonrise or lighter. I've, I've got no clue on what the standard for light colored enough is, but they must be non-absorbent and all walls must have washable surfaces, which is another, I think, Kind of funny rule because guess what? If you show me a wall, I will wash it. Might not look good when I'm done with it. Okay, if it was velour or, or velvet and uh, it uh, you know had a pick you know a velvet picture of Elvis playing poker with the dogs or something like that, it won't look very good when I'm done washing it. But to me, there's no such thing as a non-washable wall. Of course. Velvet or velour, something like that, would violate the other part of the rule that says it must be non-absorbent. So, if you have any questions about that, be more than happy uh, to uh, lead you straight to the uh, the code of state regulations, where all the regulations for embalming rooms are on there. Of course, there's a whole list of things that every embalming room must have. And you're interesting enough, you're not supposed to have things in your bombing room that aren't needed for the embalming room. So you can't use it for storage of non-embalming room related items. Uh, the other thing, another item is if the floors are subject to cleaning by flooding, there needs to be a drain in the floor. There must be, of course, a functional lock on the door. You must have an eye wash kit. There must be ventilation that does not cause a nuisance. There's a whole list of things. And if they're, if you can't find it, they're actually very easy to print out. If you can't find it, uh, give us a holler here at the office, and then we will uh, I'll send you the link or print it off and send it to you, whatever it is you need to do. But make sure those walls and ceilings are light colored and that everything is easily cleanable, well-maintained, and non-absorbent. The other thing, of course, Keep in mind, and we we point this out when we do our pre-inspection inspections, is that in your embalming room, the embalming tables must always have a sheet on them, even if a body is not present. And I know for a fact that historically, that's something that some inspectors love to do, uh, is they love to come into your uh, funeral home and make a beeline to the embalming room, take a look in and see if they can find you, uh, catch you without a sheet on the embalming table. So always make sure that you have sheets on the embalming table, even when the body is not there. All right. That's the substantive part. but uh, It is a special day. uh, uh, The day you're seeing this Friday is Veterans Day. That's why I am wearing my poppy. Um, It's it's not a great looking poppy, but it is what they were handing out uh, the other day when I got it. Um, Poppies are a symbol of Veterans Day. And it goes back to the history of Veterans Day itself. Veterans Day, and I know a lot of you know this. I know a lot of you out there are veterans. But I also know that a lot of the young people who attend our classes and attend our meetings also watch these videos. So if you know all about Veterans Day, if you know all about uh, poppies and the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and all that, well, you can tune off now. But for those of you that are a little interested in a little history of this, just want to uh, digress a little bit and talk about that. You also today, if you get our emails, we'll be seeing an article I wrote on all of this topics there with also a couple of nice links there if you're interested in exploring this as well. Veterans Day, of course, started out as Armistice Day because November 11th was the official end of World War One. World War I, when all the parties got together and negotiated the armistice, decided that the fighting would stop on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of the year, November 11th at 11 o'clock. That's actually kind of a, a pretty sad thing because, uh, that meant the fighting in many locations went on when it didn't need to anymore. There were shellings and bombardments and bombings and attacks that were completely useless. And, uh, quite a few, quite a number of people lost their lives or were wounded, and there was more destruction when there really wasn't necessary, and that was November 11th, Armistice Day. Well, of course, uh, there were more wars, unfortunately, after that, World War II, Korea, other conflicts, and eventually Armistice Day was changed to Veterans Day, but nevertheless, the poppy has still remained a symbol of that, um, based upon the very famous at the time poem, I don't know if many people are familiar with it today, In Flanders Field. In Flanders Field was a poem written by a a British Army doctor that also served actually in the infantry, and he also presided over a number of funerals. He was there, unfortunately, when a lot of people died since he was a doctor, and when there was no minister present he also took it upon himself to do the funerals, uh, graves, you know, there on the battlefield funerals of the people that passed away uh, under his care or while he was there. And it turned out one of the people that he had to do the funeral for was a good friend of his, uh, a student back when he was teaching, and then later on a friend and colleague. And he was so moved and so upset by this, he wrote the field, wrote the uh, the poem in flanders field because an interesting thing took place back then with all the shelling and all the destruction that the ground was churned up and that resulted interestingly enough in a very high lime content all the the soil had a very after all the shelling and the destruction the the soil had a very very high lime content and one of the few things that grows very well in soil that has a high lime content is poppies so it was very common on a field that was finally now undisturbed and now had graves on it for poppies to pop up on the grave site and that then eventually became uh, kind of the symbol of armistice day uh If you read the article, you can read about the woman who popularized that, uh, not only in the United States, but uh, Canada, in Britain, worldwide. And so it's very, uh, very traditional on uh, November 11th, if you get the opportunity to to wear a poppy uh, in honor of the veterans, uh, those who came back, those who served, those who did not, uh, and so on. So um, also the World War One uh, was the genesis of, and you can see a link to that, this in the email, to the tomb of the unknown soldier. Of course, there'd always been unknown soldiers in previous wars, but World War One was so particularly destructive, and many people were never even recovered at all, uh, that, uh, a lot of bodies, and the procedure here in World War One again, there was so much death and destruction there in the trenches and on the battlefields. There were very few, you know, bodies that were able to be shipped home right then, or just or stored for any length of time. The graves were very often very hastily done initially, buried there or very near the battle site. Then later on, the grave registration units of the various uh, armed forces came through and tried to identify as many of the bodies, records were kept as best as they could, uh, and identities of the dog tags and things like that were tried to, tried to be kept as best as possible. And very often then they were uh, disinterred and reinterred then into a military cemetery. And to this day, you can visit World War I cemeteries that have the uh, fallen soldiers of the United States, Great Britain, France, Canada, Australia, all the combatants, and of course, uh, Germany, Austria, and them as well, um, that were buried there at cemeteries near where the battles took place. And although lots of efforts were made to identify all those that could, there were large numbers of, in World War I, of bodies that were not identified. And Great Britain was the first one to have sort of a memorial, for the unknown soldier, uh, they have an unknown soldier memorial, and that uh, obviously seemed like a, an exceptionally good idea—a way to honor those that were fallen in the United States. So, around 1920, in the early 1920s, uh, bodies of, of some bodies of American soldiers that were not identified were brought back to the United States. A Service person picked out which one it was that was going to be in the tomb of the unknown soldier. And that was the, the genesis of that to this day. Again, there's a link in the email to the Department of Defense website that gives you a very uh, moving, I think, uh, tribute and history of the tomb of the unknown soldier. So if you see a veterans group outside of Walmart or outside of Sam's Club uh, where I got mine uh, that is asking for a dollar or something like that. Uh, to wear a poppy, g- give it a consideration. Probably uh, it's a pretty good cause and something to do it. So in closing today, and in honor of this day, in Flanders Field by John McRae. In Flanders Field, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that marker place, And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow. Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' field. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw, the torch be yours to hold it high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders Field. Have a blessed and safe Veterans Day. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay safe.